Well, it's great to see everybody this morning. I'm Barrett Bowden, lead pastor of ICC, and you're probably wondering, who is this guy guy? (laughs) sitting up here with Barrett today? And I'm wondering the same thing. I think he snuck up here. No, in actuality, this is a dear friend and uh, I could say mentor. I could say uh, one who has just blessed our church in so many ways, been a blessing to so many churches around this area and, and even beyond. But What's your name? David Frazier. David Frazier. Thank you for letting me be here this month, actually. So I, I help out with global missions here at ICC. I've been, I help those that are heading on the field, helping put together the missions program pathway that we're going to be talking about. So yeah. I'm glad to be here. My yeah. wife, Vicki, is in the back. We will not put the camera on her, <laughs> but I'm well, glad to be here. We're glad you're here. David and I are going to be teaching all month long, you guys. Uh, Today, if you haven't heard already, you should have heard because we've been talking about it for the last month at least or more in our communications, but today is our kickoff of Global Missions Month. Is anybody excited? Anybody here? Yes. Anybody online? Yeah? Um, We take the month of January every year to focus on who God is and His heart for the nations. And today kicks off our emphasis in that uh, for this year, 2021. And this year, what we're going to be doing is we are going to be actually spending a whole month talking about global missions on Sundays here at ICC and also in life groups. So if you're not in community in life groups, I would encourage you to make sure you get connected by the end of today because you'll have an opportunity to to really have a full experience doing worship with us on Sundays and also uh, joining in community and life groups. But we're going to be focusing on that over the next four weeks, and it's going to be great. Here's what we say as a church. We have a missional mindset. It's one of our core measures. And if you've got something to take notes today, you're going to want to take notes. I would ask that you please do, whether it's on your phone or something that you can write with, uh, because we're going to be giving you a lot today, more than you can remember just if you don't take notes. And my encouragement to you would be, journey along with us in God's Word so that you can uh, not just be here, but a doer of God's Word and be a discipler of others and also really go deeper in community. But here at ICC, one of our core measures of those uh, who follow Jesus, what do, what do we say? It's a missional mindset. Mm-hmm. And a missional mindset means this. It's a clear calling and an active involvement to live to see the gospel spread and churches planted at home and around the world. Okay, I'll read it again because I know some of you are writing it. Hopefully all of us are writing it down. One of our core measures of those who are authentic disciples of Jesus. In other words, one of the things that we will see from your life, if you really know the Lord and walk with the Lord and mature in your relationship with the Lord, is this, a growing missional mindset. What is it? It's a clear calling and it's active involvement to live to see the gospel spread and churches planted at home and around the world. All right? So typically we do a big um, event and we talk about global missions, uh, but because of COVID-19 and all that's going on this year, we're just going to be using our Sundays because we want to include as many as possible online and here in person. And so what we're going to be doing over the next four weeks is really unpacking more from the Scripture of what this missional mindset is all about. Now, any of you guys seen the news this week here in America? There's been a lot going on, right? Some of you guys might have wondered, um, why is it that here we are in the midst of all that's going on in America, that we're not just focusing on what we need here in America. Mm. Um, I hear all the time from people as we emphasize global missions, people will say, well, wait a second, there's so much to do here at home. Why are we talking about all that needs to be done overseas? And here's what I tell you. It is not either or, but rather it is both and. 
It's not that we have to choose between our care and concern for things happening locally here in Memphis or in America, and then things that are happening globally as if there's a dichotomy between them, and we have to choose where we're going to emphasize in terms of God and His character and His heart, in terms of His purposes, in terms of our church's involvement. It's not an either-or thing. It's a both-and thing. We are to care about Yes, what is happening here in Memphis. Yes, what is happening in the United States. But also, we are to have a bigger heart than that. We also, at the same time, can care about God and his heart for the world and what is happening all over the world. And so by emphasizing global missions today and in the coming weeks, it's not that we're turning a blind eye to the concerns here at home. We have a ministry that cares very much about what's happening here in Memphis and in our country. But we also do not want to turn a blind eye to what is happening in the bigger picture of the world. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's not an either-or thing. And one of the things I've cared to disciple our church and David, I get excited about this, I need to, I need to calm down. <laughs> but I've, I've heard this over and over and over. And one of the things I care so much about is that we not feel forced to choose one or the other, right. that we can go both at the same time. So, right. so that's why we're, we're continuing on today, and I'm really excited about it, and I believe we'll be helped. All right. Well, then we need to look at our, our theme. Yeah. What's our hope and our theme for this year? And it is that, I mean, this year's uh, month we're doing is that they may know. And you may say, who are they and what may they know? So let's look at the passage, Psalm 67. Got Open your Bibles? your Bibles. Psalm 67. Um, this is one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. I think it's super powerful. David really got what God's heart was about. He says, may God be gracious to us and bless us. We all know that verse and we love it. God bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Who wouldn't want to pray that? May he shine upon our church, upon my life and my work. But why? That your way, Lord, may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. So this is going to be our theme. So you heard it in scripture just before. Uh, you've now, you've seen it in a video. It's going to be the anchor for us during this month. Basically, it's God's heart and it's the heart of our church is that we are blessed. Why? To be a blessing. That they, who are they? All peoples. Now we see this word nations, that all the nations may know, all the peoples. We're going to unpack that throughout this whole month. So that's our our yeah. hope and our theme. So if you're looking for why our theme is that they may know, it's right here from this verse, that mm -hmm. your way may be known on earth, that they may know, okay? Yep. So if you're looking for a title of today's message, it's this, okay? Why we go. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Today we're going to be focused on why we go. And the reason is, um, the, the core theme of today's message is we are blessed to be a blessing, all right? So if you're writing down and you want a, a kind of a title for today or a summary of today, it's why we go blessed to be a blessing. And what we're going to be doing is talking about the bigger story of the Bible, mm -hmm. okay? Often when we read the Bible, you guys probably know this, there's 66 books in the Bible, and often when you open the Bible and you just kind of jump in or you let the wind just blow the pages open and you just, you know, start reading, you, you might go, what in the world is this about? And just like sometimes you get into a conversation and you walk up and you come in midway and you have no idea what you're talking about, you make a fool of yourself because you don't know what's actually been happening. Anybody ever done that? Same can be true when we start reading the Bible. And unfortunately, sometimes the organization of the Scripture is not the most helpful for us to understand the start-to-finish narrative. You can get it, but it takes some study. But the reality is there is a context, David. 
when we look, when we open the Bible, when you jump into any particular passage, there's a context that that passage is in. So the questions we're going to be asking today is, what is the bigger story? What is the bigger purpose? What is the bigger context? And we're going to be looking at a 30,000-foot perspective, particularly today of the Old Testament, and kind of trying to draw out, David, like, what is that that narrative Mm -hmm. that holds this whole thing together? What's the big picture of what God is doing? So So let's look at the core truth for today. And once again, you might want to write this down, but here's the core truth. There's a global thread that's tying the whole book together. That's why we call it a thread. A global thread running throughout Scripture that is revealing God's grand story of all things. And this is that thread, that the nations know the Lord and be glad in his salvation. If you're wondering what's the thread that's holding all the Old Testament and New Testament together, maybe when you were young, you just thought missions started in the New Testament. You know, Jesus says, go out and make disciples. We hope you leave today seeing this core truth that there's a thread running from Genesis all the way through the Old Testament even and to the end of the book. So that's our core truth. Yeah. And I hope everybody's had a chance to write it down. Go ahead. And we're going to now take you through the Old Testament, and we're going to try to get through <laughs> as many of these passages as we can. Y'all good for a few hours? And, Everybody cool? Um, Just kidding. We've got a lot to read through, so we're going to start right in Genesis. Yeah, Garrett. so what we're going to do here is we're going to be walking through a lot of Scripture. Now, f- for those of you who are going to feel like um, you're drinking out of a fire hose, here's what I'd encourage you to do. All you need to do is write down the references this morning, okay? What I would encourage you to do is just write down the references of the scriptures we're going to go through so that later you can go back and look at them. You can also, underneath the references, write down any notes that you hear from God's Word as we go through them. But we're going to start in Genesis this morning with a familiar passage in Genesis chapter 12. I would encourage you, you may have trouble flipping to all of these. You're welcome to just pay attention to the screen. I promise you, all we have done is just expose God's Word so that it's just verbatim what God's Word says. So by looking here, you are looking at God's Word, and uh, just because of the sheer volume today, that may be helpful. So Genesis 12, many of us know the story of Abraham, right? When Abraham was called out by God and Abraham responded to God by faith, And really what we know is Abraham's response to God's promise was essentially the formation of a family that would become Israel, the the nation of Israel. But if you look at God's original promise to Abram, something we often overlook here, the Lord said to Abram, I will make of you a great nation, okay? He's coming to Abram, he's saying, I'm going to bless you. I will bless you and make your name great, right? But why? But the the thing that we want to show you here is from the beginning of the call of Abram, God is pouring out blessing so that, he says to Abraham, you will be what? What does he say? Mm -hmm. So that you will be a blessing. A blessing to who? So that in all of the families of the earth, they shall be blessed through you. So from the beginning, as God is beginning a work of, of redemption... Out of the brokenness of the world, God is beginning a a new work of redemption, and he's using Abraham to be a part of it. He says, Abraham, I'm coming that you might receive my blessing, but I want you to know that this blessing is attached to your understanding that I'm blessing you, that you might in turn be a blessing. And there's a particular thing I have in mind, Abraham, that blessing that I want you to be is going to be a blessing that is not just for your own people, but for all peoples of the earth. Do you see it? So if you haven't written down the phrase already, it's blessed to be a blessing. You've got to see this. We're going to be talking about it all through 
the Bible, but over and over and over, blessed to be a blessing. And you know, Barrett, I think that passage ties the whole Bible together. Yeah. Because Paul refers to it in Galatians that we are part of that blessing. So we're going to pop through so many different books of the Bible well, here. So let's. What's cool is Galatians three fourteen. I'll go and read it to you. It said, I mean, because the Abrahamic covenant is huge. So the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant. Write down the reference. Galatians three chapter chapter three verse fourteen. It says, "In Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham has come upon the nations, that we might receive the promised spirit of faith." There it is. So, in other words, the fulfillment of this original blessing had came in Christ, and ultimately it had reached its purpose to end, which was to extend redemption to all peoples. So Beautiful. when did global missions begin? It began in Genesis 12. Just keep that in mind. Yeah. Now we're going to look at Exodus. Let's throw some Exodus passage here in chapter 5. So Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, you know the great story of the Exodus. If you don't, it's one of the great dramas of the Bible. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? Who is Yahweh that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. So you see, this is a wonderful opportunity. Basically, God is saying, oh, you don't know who I am. And God says, let me introduce myself to you. Because, you know, Egypt knew about basically their local deities. Egypt had a lot of gods. And so basically he's going, I don't know this God. Who is he? Which one is he? And God is basically about to show him, I'm the God. I'm the big one. And he's not only going to show Egypt, he's going to show the whole world. So let's go. I think we're going to look at another passage here. Um, This is in Exodus 9. This is also one of my other favorites. And this time I will send, this is God talking, all my plagues, you know about the 10 plagues, on you yourself, Pharaoh, and on your servants and your people. Why? So that you may know that there is none like me on the earth. You're going to know I'm the number one God of the universe. For by now I could have put out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, and you would have been cut off from the earth. What is God saying? I could have taken you out. You're nothing. I'm the great Pharaoh. Look at all that I've built. You're nothing. Let me tell you why I left you there. But for this purpose, I have raised you up to show you my power so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. Is that incredible? So he's basically saying, I'm about to do something here in Egypt and the old world, the whole world is going to hear about it. Yeah. And that's, that's what, that's why this is a global story. We all go, oh, that's just Exodus. That's the Old Testament. That's about Israel. Does that have anything to do with us? We're beginning to see right now that God was using Israel, he's using Egypt, he's using all these events to reach the whole world. Yeah, and through that great redemption that we see God bring to the Israelites out of Egypt, God wanted to show himself as a God of redemption, but for more than just Israel, for all the nations, and that's exactly what that's we see. Right. Yep. Um, and it's interesting, David, because if you look at chapter 12, another reference you can write down is chapter 12 of Exodus, verse 33, and also in verse 38. What you see is after the redemption, right? After God brought, he's bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. What do you see here? It says the Egyptians were urgent with the people to send them out in haste, and a mixed multitude also went with them. It's working. So in other words, (laughs) 
Even there in the redemption, we all think about, okay, Israel's coming out of Egypt, and God's rescuing, redeeming these people for Himself, but among Israel, it says a mixed multitude. What is it talking about here? It's talking about there are some people who recognized God as the true God, the only true God, and they went along with the Israelites with them. So even here in the Exodus uh, redemption story, we see God rescuing people for himself of more than just Abraham's family. It's about the nations and his purpose is accomplished even beginning Another verse in Exodus we'll look at in chapter 34. And he said, behold, I'm making a covenant before all your people. I will do marvels. God says, I'm about to do these amazing things such as not have been created in all the earth or in any nation. I'm about to do something the world has never seen. And all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do. This is God's great drama. Go read the book of Exodus. And it's God introducing himself, not just to Israel, not just to Egypt, but to the whole world. And it's very important that you understand. Uh, I worked in the Middle East for many years, and, and often they think the Old Testament is just about the Jews. It's about Israel. Why do we have to read it? Isn't that why we call it the Old Testament? We're done with it. No. We need to see this global thread running through it, that God's heart has always been not just about Israel, but to use Israel to gather the nations. So it's in the Old Testament, it's a come and see what God is doing. Yeah. And he's going to do these amazing things. Yeah. All right. Y'all ready to turn the corner to a new book? Let's go to Leviticus, all right? Leviticus is a book that many of us know as a book of the giving of many laws, all right? So God is basically, in Exodus, giving the Ten Commandments, Leviticus, He gives a lot of more detailed instructions about how He wants His people to live in relationship with Him and with one another. So if you get to Leviticus, y'all write down the reference, chapter 19, verse 34. Chapter 19, verse 34. If you're willing, I'd love for you to read this with me, all right? Here we go. You shall treat, what does it say? The stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. Wow. So from the beginning, when God is giving his most basic set of instructions to his people, which we ought to listen to today, because it shows God's heart and shows God's ways and his desires for us as his people. He says, from the beginning, you shall, basic command, I want you to treat those who are not of your group, of your ethnicity, of your nation, the sojourner, right? I want you to treat those who sojourn with you just as your own people. And I want you to love them as you love yourself. Do you, do you hear the heart of God here? God is revealing his heart for all peoples. Yep. It's not just, I, I love you, Israel, 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 Israel. It's just all about you, Israel. Yes, he does love Israel, but it's so much more than Israel. God loves all peoples. And I want to say something to you here. God is adamantly against any kind of form of radical nationalism. God could not be more opposed to you than if your heart is caught up in radical nationalism. That is not God's heart. God's heart is a heart of love for all people. And He asked His people to not be radical nationalists. He asked His people to have His heart 
And his heart is a heart of love for all people. Amen. God loves strangers. God loves sojourners. God loves aliens living among his people. Mm-hmm. His desire was for us not to be a mono-ethnic people, but a multi-ethnic people. Let me say that again. The picture from the beginning to the end of the Bible. We will be in heaven one day and we will see it in full. But God's desire is for us to be a multi-ethnic people. In other words, to represent all peoples and his love for them and all peoples in their praise of who he is. God is not ethnocentric. And we ought not to be ethnocentric either. The basic command here in Leviticus, do not be ethnocentric. Be global-centric. Be focused on a global God. And be committed to bringing global worship to our global God. Preach it. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm not sorry. No, you're not. But but David, I mean, in our day-to-day, how important it is for us to remember that as believers, we are to be of the tribe of God. Our kingdom is not the kingdom of this world, and we've got to think and feel and act in the way that God thinks and feels, and, and He we, is a global And when God. we get so. off, we have to go back to God's Word. Yeah. 